8 o'clock. It's Wednesday, which means it's Wine Matter Wednesday with Talon Wine. Jim along with Cake today, who's in for the Buckeye Boy. Went to see uh, Exodus last night, the metal band. For those that... I, I feel... Because I, I know who Exodus is, it's like... a I mean, like, yeah, we know Jim, but many of you probably don't know who that... Exodus, what's that? Not all of us are in the know. Yeah. So, uh, he just saw them at the Mesa Theater last night. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Got Ron. Uh, we're talking about worst band names. Mm-hmm. And um, Ron's got one. If you got, like, the worst band name, because we were kicking that around earlier, because uh, we're talking about uh, some of the about metal bands. and Metal weird, bands that have names that are... And just weird names in general. Weird band names. Uh, Ron, Butthole Surfers is the dumbest band name I can think of that might be able to be named on the air. That's if not you, great. If you want to send some to us, that's fine. We just may not read all of them because some of them may not be uh, sanitized for your protection, FCC approved. That, not at all. That kind of thing. So uh, keep that in mind. Apparently Dylan was at the concert. We'll, uh, we'll get a review from Dylan of Exodus go. last night coming up in just a moment. All right. It is uh, 8.02, and it's time to talk Montrose Red Ox football with Coach Brett Mertens. Talking Montrose Red Hawks football with Coach Brett Mertens on the team. And Brett Mertens brought to you by our good friend Rick Nelson at American Family Insurance. If you're looking for a free quote, uh, you can call Rick and his uh, talented crew today over at uh, American Family Insurance. They can uh, help you get that, uh, that free estimate on your auto protection home as well over at Rick Nelson American Family Insurance. Once again, you can give them a call today at 970-241-0078. All right, uh, Brett Mertens joins us. Brett, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this morning for a little bit. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, guys. Uh, look, the, the disappointing loss, and I know there's there's some bad blood with you guys in Erie, and, and I get that. I understand that. Uh, but you have to love the way your kids fought back on the road down 15 to nothing to come back and, and lose that game 25-22 speaks to the character and the heart uh, of your Red Hawks football team. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, in all, all honesty, we're, uh, we were, we met yesterday for the first time as a team. And, um, we, you know, all, I think from top to bottom, coaching staff, players, everybody through, we're, we're real proud of that effort. And, uh, you know, we feel like we put our best foot forward and gave it our best shot and just, we're just, you know, not quite good enough on that day. But, uh, but that doesn't take away from what they accomplished. And so, you know, we have a real good feeling in our mouth about it. We had a great season and a lot to be proud of. And, you know, certainly we were disappointed to come up, you know, a game short of being in the in the state finals, which was kind of a goal of ours. But um, but that was, you know, it, it is it's high school football and everybody's good at that point. And, and we knew that uh, it was going to be a challenge to win. And so we're certainly not disappointed with our season at all. Well, Erie quarterback Blake Barnett uh, threw for a couple of touchdowns in the first half. As I mentioned, you got you, know, you got behind 15 to nothing. And then third quarter, you came out of halftime and really started to put some things together. What was the message to your kids at, at halftime with that 15 nothing deficit? Well, just to fight. I mean, we just had to keep fighting, and, and we weren't just going to roll over, you know. And, and um, unfortunately, we just needed to score there probably in the first half uh, to keep pace a little bit. We dug ourselves in a pretty big hole. It actually reminded me a little bit of, the our quarterfinal loss last year in Loveland where we were I think we were down 14 to nothing at halftime and 
fought all the way back, actually took the lead in that game, and, and we weren't able to actually ever take a lead against Erie, but we got it all the way back to a two-point game and then, you know, three there at the end and, and just, you know, really just needed uh, needed a little bit more time or, or one stop, you know, there. But, uh, but yeah, it was you know, I thought our kids responded really well in the second half um, like they always do. And they, you know, they, like I said, they went out swinging, and it was a, it was great to see. So well, and and certainly, uh, play, uh, Gage Wareham played a heck of a second half for you. Thirteen yard touchdown uh, on the ground. Then Blake Griffin got the two point conversion, and then later on, Gage uh, finding Cooper Ross for that long pass that got you down to the one. Eli Womack put it in the end zone, and so for for Gage Wareham in his final football game as a Red Ox quarterback, had a, a sensational second half effort. Yeah, he did, and yeah, I was actually um, Alonzo Trujillo that caught that long one. I, I, I think they had it wrong in the, in the paper, but, um, but yeah, I mean, Gage had 100, and I think he had 150 yards through the air. He had you know the touchdown run, and um, you know we 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 actually played you know a pretty clean game. We didn't have any turnovers. Um, just I think only one penalty that I can remember. So, uh, you know, and that's the type of thing that when you when you play a good clean game like that, um, you can live with the result either way. You know, because we didn't. We didn't necessarily do anything to shoot ourselves in the foot, um, so that was that was good. And, and I was real proud of Gage and all those seniors for the way they they fought and finished. And and you know they they had a heck of a career. Those guys specifically, just you know playing. Um, a lot of those kids played as sophomores, you know, in the semifinals. They played in the quarterfinals last year and semifinals this year, and and uh, won a lot of games and and played a lot of big time games and against good opponents. So. Uh, they have a lot to be proud of and a lot they're going to remember. And they, you know, they set a, a pretty high standard here for our program that, uh, you know, is going to be tough for our, our next crew to live up to. But uh, that's going to be our goal. Montrose Red Axe football coach Brett Mertens with us today. Mentioned you lose Gage Wareham at the quarterback spot. Uh, also Blake Griffin, who had another incredible season for Blake. Uh, 28 touchdowns, over 1,500 yards rushing. Austin Zimmer, you'll lose him to graduation. Jackson Killen to graduation. But there's 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 bright spots here for you, Brett. There are some guys coming back that are that had really good uh, uh, campaigns this year. Eli Womack, who I mentioned, scored the touchdown for you. Uh, he'll return for you next season. He had nine touchdowns. Uh, Aiden Grijalva had nine touchdowns as well. He uh, was your second leading rusher. So uh, there are some positive things for this football team, and guys will be back uh, for next football season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, and you, every year you lose your seniors, and everybody does, and so you kind of have to sit there and go, "Wow, how are we gonna, how are we gonna reload and replace all these guys?" But what happens every year is that your young guys um, step up into those roles, and they start to, uh, you know, kind of live into the, the expectations of being a being a varsity starter and that sort of thing. So uh, we're excited for that. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun for some of those guys to uh, kind of have their turn and. And go, but like you said, you know we got a couple couple guys coming back that have carried the ball quite a bit for us. We're going to have to find a couple more just because we need, um, you know, we need three or four or five guys that can carry the ball consistently for us. So uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to kind of see who that's going to be, and guys are going to have to earn those spots. Um, you know, and up front we got I think uh, you know two or three. Well, counting our tight end, we'll have three returning starters on the on the O line. So. Um, you know we're not completely uh, completely reloading, but uh, you know it's definitely a, a good senior class that we lost, probably uh, a, a well above average senior class. And so you know we have some holes for sure that we're going to have to uh, try to have some kids step up into. And for some of your senior players like Blake Griffin, any idea where, where Blake is? He going to continue to play football? Is he getting some offers to play at the college level? What can you tell us about that? 
Yeah, Blake's, I mean, he's such a smart kid and a well-rounded kid that, um, that he, you know, he can, he could probably go, he's not getting much interest at the Division One level, unfortunately, he's just a little undersized, but, uh, but he's um, he's a D D two D three NAI kid all day long, and um, I think what he's wanting to do right now, if, if things work out, is go to the uh, Merchant Marines in New York there. And um, his goal is to be a pilot. And so we had a kid. Um, you probably remember Cole Simmons four years ago. Oh sure, yeah. That um, he ended up going to the Merchant Marines. He played football there for four years. He uh, was a fullback for them this year. Had a good career. And he just finished up, and he's graduated, and he just found out that he got into um, the Navy flight program. And so he's going to go be a Navy pilot. And so I think um, kind of that avenue is kind of a similar thing that Blake wants to do. And, and watching Cole do that, uh, I think, is kind of, you know, showed him, you know, that this is something that I can definitely do. And so I think it's encouraging to him, and I think that's what he's wanting to do right now if everything works out. So uh, I'm excited for him. I mean, that's an awesome school and uh, a great academic school, and it's a military school. So... Um, you know, chance to, to serve the country and, and kind of pursue his dreams that way and play football there, too. So that'll be cool. Well, that's fantastic. Great to hear that, that Blake is considering that. We wish him uh, nothing but the best. And any of your other players that uh, uh, go on to, to play football or just decide to go on and uh, continue their education as well. We're talking with Montrose, Brad Axe football coach Brad Mertens. Brad, I want to wrap it up with one final thing here. And you feel free to comment if you don't. I understand uh, because the, the Erie game was emotional. But when, because uh, I had a couple texts about this, people had, had had texted me, why didn't you guys shake hands at the end of the game? And yeah, I, I, sure. I know the story about this a little bit about about what happened when Erie was at your place. Uh, I mean, feel free to comment as much or as little as you want to, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this because I, I'd rather have it come from you than you know, I, I, I did comment on it the other day because what I told I was told what happened that day when when you guys played Erie uh, at your place, but. Uh, uh, give us a little explanation of what happened at the end of the game there. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of history and, and some, uh, you know, some maybe some unquestion or some questionable, you know, sportsmanship through the years. But uh, at the end of the day, and I had my full backing from our administration on this too, at the end of the day it was a player safety issue at that moment. And um, we just felt like the smartest and best thing we could do is to get our boys into the locker room as fast as we can before something, something bad happened. And, you know, and I don't know if anything would have. Who knows, you know? But I sure wouldn't want to be on the other side of that where something did happen, and uh, and we certainly regretted it. So it was um, – I, I stand behind that 100%. I think it was the right decision. And uh, our administrative team as well stands behind that decision. And I know it doesn't always look good, and not everybody's going to understand that. But, uh, but you know, we just felt like it was the smartest thing to do in that moment. Right. I, when I commented on it, I just said, no, and, and I kind of relayed what, what happened previously, what, what I was told, because I was not there, but I was told by somebody who, a uh, very reliable source on, on what happened when they played at your place. And I said, look, you had to make a decision, and, and you know your kids, you know your football team, you know what the circumstances were at that moment. And, and uh, just uh, deferring to your, your experience and you knowing your team, uh, Brett, and making that decision, and, and certainly uh, that has to be respected. And, yeah, there's... Certainly, uh, this is this is my comment, not yours. Uh, Erie has not exactly been; they're not going to win a Chassa Sportsmanship Award anytime in the near future. We'll put it that way. I'll just leave it at leave it at that. So, uh, yeah, and I, I hate to see I, I hate to see that that be the highlight of the game because it was a great football game, you know. And uh, um, it's been a, it's been a good rivalry, to be honest with you. Over four years, or the last three years, we played four times, and it's been some pretty dang intense games. So. Um, hate to see it go, get to that, but uh, you know, 
you do what you do and you, you stand by the decisions that you make. And I certainly do there. And, um, I, uh, you know, I don't wish harm on anybody for sure. So we're going to focus on us and that's what, that's what that decision was all about as well. So absolutely. Well, I, uh, yeah, we don't want to detract yeah. from what's been a, a sensational season. It was a great football game on Saturday and a great season for your Montrose football team. Uh, once again, congratulations on a, on another great year, uh, for the Montrose Red Ox, uh, uh, another trip uh, to the semifinals, and at some point, you guys are going to bust through, kind of like Delta did. You guys will get to that state championship yeah. game. You'll get your your opportunity, Brett. I'm sure at some point. I, I always I always appreciate the time and thank you for coming on, and I I appreciate uh, your candor today. You bet. Thanks for a great year. Appreciate it. Right, take care, Brett Mertens, coach of the Montrose Red Ox football team, joining us on the program this morning. All right, who do we have on the Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line? Oh, let me do that. There we go. Lonnie checking in this morning. Okay, we've got Lonnie. Is this Lonnie from Loveland, I believe? I this, don't know. Is this Lonnie from Loveland today? Lonnie from Loma. From Loma, different Lonnie. Okay. Lonnie, <laughs> what's 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 on your mind today, Lonnie? Oh, I just wonder if you're still doing the bad band names. Oh, we are. Go ahead, please. We were doing that all morning long. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, well, the Screaming Abdab. Do you remember that name? Sounds familiar. It's the, it was the first name of the band Pink Floyd. Okay. Did not know oh, that. That was pretty awful. And then, like, uh, there's, like, Sugar Ray. They started out as, uh, oh, what was it, the Shrinky Dinks. Yes, I remember that. They were the Shrinky Dinks. Yes, that was their original name. Mark McGrath yeah. and those guys. Oh, yeah. Yep, the Shrinky Dinks. And I think uh, Wicked Lester turned out to be Kiss. That sounds right. Yes, I think yep. that's the case. I remember what soft white underbelly became Blue Oyster Cult. Blue Oyster Cult, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yep. So, that's, yeah, that just sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty bad band names. Pretty bad. Anything else, Lonnie? No, man, that, it's all good. I, you know, I, I'm proud of Montrose for playing the way they did and, and uh, you know, having the foresight to get off the field, so... They didn't, you know, take anything away from what they did all season long. Right, and, and I want to ask Brett about that because the the article uh, that was written by somebody in the front range uh, that was in the paper said, and Montrose walked the field and didn't shake hands. And it, and it made Montrose sound like they were being bad sports. They were they were being the bad guys there, and, and they weren't. And, and in light of what happened at Montrose when they when the Erie kids planted the flag at midfield and stared down the crowd and some of the you know the ridiculous antics there i i understand why brett probably why brett approached it the way he did it was a player safety thing and and uh, unfortunately like he said at mars what was a, a great football game between an, an eerie team that's going to play palmer ridge for the state championship and uh you know and for for montrose the only two teams they lost to this year were those two teams uh, as yeah. far as uh, as far as you know, number you know, top two teams in the in the seating uh, in 4A, and they're going to be playing for the state title Saturday on Fort Collins. Hey, Lonnie, great to hear from you again, my man. Hey, good to hear from you, man. You take care. All right, take care. All right, Lonnie from Loma today, because we have we have someone from Loveland that calls in occasionally too. That's a a, a Lonnie, I do believe. All right, so uh, text or call us nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. It's a, a bevy of phone calls here. This it is. We have to push around the NFL to. To next hour, or to uh, the next segment, I should say. Howard and Fruta checking in this morning. All right. Howard, good morning. How are you? Good, real good. On uh, right about Wednesday, just had an item that's been kind of bothering me. I was in Denver over the Thanksgiving Day weekend, and I saw 
lots of gas stations with the price of about like $2.15 a gallon and less. Uh, traveling around the Grand Junction area around here, the only place, the cheapest place would be Sam's Club at three nineteen a gallon, and everybody else is right around like three thirty-five to three fifty. If you go to Salt Lake City in Provo, the price drops back down to about like two fifty or so. And you know, everybody will complain from time to time about the gas being twenty cents up again higher, forty cents a gallon higher on the on the front on the around here as opposed to the front range. But a buck twenty a gallon, that's a little bit much. So that's my white about. And and that's been a problem we've had for a very long time. Gas prices over here, good times, bad times have always been it feels like a lot higher than the front range. You know, they'll say, Well it's transportation and things like that and all that kind of stuff, Howard, that uh, that supposedly makes it cost more here than it does on the front range. Yeah, they're they're just flat lying. <laughs> they just are. I think they are, too. Hey, hey, uh, hey, go ahead, one, one, one quick thing on the Broncos, and I'll let you go. Sure. I, like most people, am absolutely happy that we're sitting at five games in a row. Now, the next three games are all away games. We go to Houston, then we play the Chargers there, then we play the Detroit Lions there. About four or five weeks ago, I would have penciled in the, the Lions as a loss and probably the chargers but now i'm kind of changing my mind on it you know houston all of a sudden looks like they're playing some good ball it, you, you never know when you get on a run and and we're on a run but we'll find out how really good we have once we get into you know the end of the chargers game coming into the lions now we, on christmas eve then we've got the patriots so that should be pretty good then we play the chargers again here and then we go to the las vegas raiders in Vegas, so it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, ten and seven, if if we're lucky, ten and seven could get us a wild card. But uh, on you know, in any event, if we just finished with the winning season, I would be fine with that. I'm good with you know, that you, too. You just want to you just want to be in the playoff mix. I don't like to make predictions about you know how I how we're going to do and then get all torqued out of shape because we did make the playoffs. It's, it's being in a matter of giving it a good shot and being in the playoff mix. That's how I look at it. And, and just looking at the ESPN analytics of the day, I mean, Denver's only favored, I think it's in the Patriots game, it's the only game that they're favored in. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I The Chargers, what, what a... Helter-skelter. Helter-skelter. A team you know. just cannot figure out that should be much better than, than what they are with the talent that they have, particularly on the defensive side. It's They've been absolutely horrible this season. It's been strange to see that defense with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. I mean, you got two of the better pass rushers in the league. That defense isn't very good. And, very. It's, and, and obviously on the offensive side, with, with Herbert and, and Eckler, Keenan Allen, I mean, they got a really they got great one good thing about you guys, know, Jim, they're weird. One good thing it's about been a weird Sunday's season again for them is uh, Russell Wilson only getting sacked one time. The previous three or four games, we were averaging about three to four sacks a game. That's not good. So getting to one sack, and looks like our offensive line is at least getting closer to being on the same page. Had some good, had about 180 some yards total rushing in Sunday's uh, game against Cleveland. So you know that's a good thing. We'll see what happens with it, though. All right, hey Howard, appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, you bet. All right, Howard and Furta today. You know, McGlinchey's been a little better. Garrett Bowles did a nice job against Miles Garrett. He's he's been fantastic. Played, played well on Sunday. So, but but Houston with, with C.J. Stroud, that that team has improved a ton. Yeah, they have. 
and boy, Carolina's got to be regretting not taking C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. But I wonder how much of that, though, not not to diminish. David, David Tepper. I mean, David Tepper's the one said, you need to take the, the Alabama kid. You need to take Bryce Young. He needs to be. And they traded all those picks to the, the Bears to get to that spot. Right. And Bryce Young is only part of the problem. And I was going to say, not to diminish what C.J. Stroud has ultimately done in Houston, but I feel like for C.J. Stroud, he's in a much better situation. Because I feel like if he were in Carolina, with how bad that offensive line has played and with how few weapons Bryce Young ultimately has. Got Adam Thielen, that's pretty much it. I mean, Young, I Young is... Young, he hasn't received a lot of help. Let's be honest about that. He hasn't. But C.J. Stroud, he's been the better of the two quarterbacks. So oh. it's, not, it's not even close. Far and away. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because what are the expectations for Houston? Nothing. Nothing this year. And here they are. And yeah, But yet here they are. They're 6-5 and five and fine for a playoff spot, just like the Broncos. All right. Uh, we're, of course, into the holiday season. And along with that is... Gift giving and buying and things like that, but also giving in terms of helping local youth. And that's where Spunk socks, pajamas, and underwear for needy kids uh, uh, once again comes into play. We've got Paul joining us this morning to talk about it. Paul, I appreciate the time. And, and uh, Spunk, you provide a very, a very necessary thing for, for young people. Those that, that struggle financially, parents are struggling to make ends meet. And just necessities like socks and pajamas and underwear are so essential for kids. Tell us more about Spunk. Yes, uh, and thank you. Yes, uh, this was started about 15 plus years ago with a couple here in the Grand Valley. Uh, The church was asked to uh, step up and take over four years ago. And so what we're asking for is anything from diapers to 18-year-old because they're still in high school, still, you know, and we give, uh, we collect the items until December 10th. We uh, then pick them up and we divide them between Department of Human Services, Catholic Outreach, and the REACH program, which is part of the school district, uh, the week before uh, Christmas break. That way they can give those items out to the children that are needing them. And so this is their Jubilee Church, by the way. We should yes, uh, acknowledge is. that uh, you folks are the ones that have taken over the, the good work of this. And so we're, we're looking, obviously, for new pajamas, new underwear, no hand-me-downs, nothing like that. It's uh, it's a chance while you're out doing some Christmas shopping to to, to buy that extra you know package of, of of underwear, of socks, of pajamas, and uh, and give it to Spunk for the for the needy kids here in the valley. Correct, and uh, there are, there are 24 participating businesses in the community. You can find that list at the Daily Sentinel, or if you need more information, or even drop it off, you can drop it off at Jubilee Family Church, which is. 483 30 road um, and there's also the option if you go to jubileefc.com and you can't buy the clothing but you could give um, a donation uh, there's an area there at the website that you could do that and then once the donations are collected I will go and purchase more stuff uh, to hand out for those uh, three participating organizations and just for example um, any of the Grand Valley Bank locations you can yeah. you can drop off uh, the new uh, pajama socks underwear at, at those locations, uh, A&B Bank uh, here in Grand Junction as well. Uh, also, you can just come by our radio station, 1360 East Sherwood Drive, and uh, we're open 
8 to 5, Monday through Thursday. We're closed on Friday, so do keep that in mind. But you can just drop it off here at the radio station. Stop by and, and say hello and, and drop it off right here. About how many kids, Paul, do you end up helping each year with uh, Spunk? Oh, the estimate is probably close to 300 to 450 people. It depends the amount of uh, clothing that we collect, but that would be an estimate. And so we're talking through December 10th, correct? So we yes. are we're now not, not starting to, to make that push here for the, those final donations over the, last, over the next several days. Yes, and um, it would be greatly appreciated. I've seen a lot of smiles on a lot of children's face when they receive just those simple items. Yeah, things that we take for granted, some here in the Grand Valley, uh, some kids uh, with, with parents that are struggling to make ends, make, uh, ends meet, that uh, these are uh, necessities and things that are, yes, are appreciated in a great, great way uh, through the Spunk program. Uh, but once again, you can uh, drop off your uh, new pajamas, socks, underwear here at the radio station at NBC Grand. Uh, you can just uh, swing by. 1360 East Sherwood Drive. Once again, we're open Monday through Thursday from 8 to 5 o'clock. We're closed on Fridays. And then uh, any of the uh, the Grand Valley Bank locations, just to name, not to name the only one, but but one that uh, that is providing uh, donation drop-off points uh, for uh, Spunk uh, here in the Grand Valley. Paul, uh, happy holidays, and thank you so much for the good work that you and the Jubilee Family Church do uh, with the, the Spunk program. We appreciate the time. Thank you for uh, allowing me to be here today. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back. And uh, we'll go around the NFL next on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. Probably the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. All right, welcome back, 829. Jim along with Cake today. All right, got one from Dylan. Most of the concert last night, Exodus was great, but I want to whine about mosh pit etiquette. If someone falls, help them up. Was pretty rough. Also want to whine about head coaching interviews at the end of every quarter intermission halftime. Just went to the end of the game press conference. Um, Dylan, I'm with you on that. I've, and in light of uh, Carissa Thompson and the, well, I just made it up because I didn't get a chance to talk oh, to the God. coach thing. It's like, why is she saying that? Why is she doing that? Stop that. That was, that was, and then Aaron Andrews kind of like, well, yeah, I've done that before, too. Are you trying to protect her? Is it the sisterhood? Is that what you're trying to do? They have a podcast together. I, I, I just... It, number one, I've always thought it was worthless. When was the last time you heard a sideline interview with a coach in-game, done NBA, or halftime, the coach is heading to the tunnel, and... Co- Coach Harbaugh, blah, blah, blah. What do you, you think about the first half? Well, I guess well, that's right. That was assume Harbaugh's coaching that day. Right. He's not suspended. When was the last time you learned anything interesting from those interviews? Learned anything? None. Because they always, most of them, a lot of guys are, I think, fairly congenial about it. I think NBA coaches handle it a little better. A little bit. But I, I, just, think, I, I just think most, most football coaches are like, get out of my way. We need, I need to get get into the locker room. We got we got some things we got to look at, make some adjustments. I don't need to do this and I I don't learn I, I don't as a as a viewer I don't learn a thing from it. For the sheer entertainment value, the late Mike Leach would have a couple of moments during those interviews, sure. Popovich, you know, if you can get him to say something. But really truly, no, yeah, I'm I'm with you Dylan. Those are and just thinking in the light of the Carissa Thompson thing, well, we're just making stuff up when we don't talk to a coach. 
Okay. So that really shows how unimportant it is to do it. Are there sideline reporters that do a good job and provide, hey, this guy got hurt or this is what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah that stuff's valuable. I, I think that that's fine. But the coach interview seldom is anything that makes you go, well, that's worth it. That, that was really interesting. I really learned a lot about that or what's going on in the first half or why, why they made that decision. Anyway, uh, let's see. So, Dylan... Good text. I'm glad you enjoyed Exodus last night. Uh, let's see. Ruben. Good morning, my dudes. My whine is that I didn't win Stadium Cinema yesterday because of the two-week moratorium. I went two weeks ago on the 14th of the text at 8.26 a.m. I was the first texter yesterday at 9.54, technically outside the two-week window. Does the ruling of the field still stand? Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> And there's a reason it stands, yes. because we have yes. to treat everyone fairly. Yes, Ruben. We're, we, we don't break it down to seconds, minutes. I'm going to stay with the ruling on the field. You may feel like the replay's in your favor, Ruben, but I'm going to stay with the decision on the field. Uh, let's see. Taylor's got a problem with you. I knew I knew you. He would, somebody would have a problem. Well, uh Got a whine about your take on Oscar over Broncos Super Bowl win. Boo to you, sir. Boo? If you don't bleed orange and blue, we are done with you. How dare you question? He says, he says with tongue firmly planted in cheek. I That's say fair. I say no. There's no tongue in cheek. It's <sighs> Jim. Broncos you country. dare question my loyalty? Yeah, that's right. Nah, apparently you don't want to ride. No. It's all about the awards. It's all about the hardware for you. I say nay, sir. All right, I'll I'll go with my tongue firmly planted in cheek. Thank you. you. I'll go with Taylor on that one. And again, I cannot stress enough, the Broncos have a much better chance of winning the Super Bowl this year than I will ever have a chance of winning an Oscar ever. So let's let's not even really worry about that because it's probably never going to happen. I got one from Mike in Scottsdale. Listen on the mobile app today. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Machachos. Jody's cousin. That that's Mike from Scottsdale's wife, by the way. Uh, her cousin Rick is in the band Finger Eleven. Did uh, kind of a one-hit wonder song, one thing, which is a really good song. Mm-hmm. And the original name was Rainbow Butt Monkeys. It's again anything with the body, any sort of below the belt body part. It's just you can't. That's not. That's not good for a band name. By the way, according to Mike from Scottsdale, uh, Finger Eleven, the uh, band formerly known as Rainbow Butt Monkeys, uh, touring with Creed next year. Hey, says so. I finally get to see Creed with arms wide open. Yuck. Oh, uh, there was a band that we play on our sister station, The Planet, called Rainbow Kitten Surprise. <laughs> okay. And the reason they call themselves that, because one of the guys, when they were looking for a band name, one of the guys had to go in for like an appendectomy or something like that. When he's coming out of the anesthesia, he was like, Rainbow Kitten Surprise. He just you know, nonsense. Nonsensical. Post-anesthesia. And so they're like, sounds like a great name to us. Here we, see, and that's that's funny. But if that's you know funny. the context, 
That makes that makes sense. Uh, one from Kurt. Before we quickly get dive into, uh, you know, we're gonna skip around the NFL this morning because we're just we're running behind here. We got four down territory coming up, so uh, we'll just uh, perhaps we'll move it to next hour. And we got Connor too. And we got Connor, and I do not want to uh, keep our friend uh, Mr. McGahee from uh, from waiting. So I've got one from Kurt. We want to get to very quickly here. Uh, You have to admire high schools that schedule the toughest opponents in the state during the regular season, starting with Montrose. Also, Meeker traveled to Lyman. And Mancos drove 500 miles to Haxton. They may have lost those games, but they developed character and learned how to get better. Well, there's something about bonding and being on the road. And when you got a long yeah. bus ride and you got nobody else to talk to, you know you you, you learn you learn fairly quickly. I, I remember those trips on the marching band bus. There was and those those trips were interesting, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> to say the least. All right, 836, let's dive into four down territory. We're into four down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, big news this morning from uh, the world of sports ownership. Huge. Mark Cuban announced that he's leaving the TV show Shark Tank after its 16th season. And then he also announced that he's selling a majority stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, it's going to go to the Adelson family at a $3.5 million price tag. Hmm. What's your take? $3.5 million? Or billion. Billion. $3.5 billion. Billion with a B. Wow. Yeah. Did he say why or just he's just doing this? I'm looking here to see if there's... He's flirted with the idea of getting into politics. Oh, God. And so he's apparently this is some kind of precursor to perhaps a run for office. Not sure what. Okay. Okay, second down. The Pioneer League is expanding. Yes, thinking, that Pioneer League. Yeah, the, the one here with the Grand Junction Jackalopes. And you're kind of thinking, okay, they maybe another team in Utah or Wyoming, or maybe you're in Colorado. Maybe Colorado's the well, Colorado Springs or has the Rocky Mountain vibes. Maybe, maybe someplace else in the state. Who knows? Boulder, Boulder. Yeah, why not? Sure, but nope. no, that's not the case at all. Nope. Welcome in the expansion, Oakland Ballers. Yes, Oakland, California, with a logo that's very reminiscent of the A's logo. That the Oakland Ballers were announced yesterday at a press conference that uh, they are joining the Pioneer League. Hey, you know what? Oakland's not going to have a Major League Baseball team here in the not-too-distant future. So, you know what? Hey, can we borrow the Coliseum? Put a minor league team there? They're not using it, right? It's owned by East Bay natives Paul Friedman and Brian Carmel. Uh, they've secured $2 million in seeding funding for more than 50 investors. There you go. And so the Ballers have a lot of guys in their ownership group that have worked in Major League Baseball. Uh, guys like uh, Micah Franklin that uh, played professionally for 15 years. He's going to be the manager of it. And so the Oakland Ballers joining the Pioneer League team. So Jackalopes, get ready for a long roadie. Out to the Bay Area. All right, third and fourth down. Congratulations to CU Buffs women's basketball player Frida Foreman for eclipsing the 1,000 career points mark last night. 
34th player in Buffs history to do so. Fourth down. We mentioned this a little earlier. Buffs women won last night, too, by yes. the way. Yeah. So, fourth down. We mentioned this a little earlier. The Buckeye boy was not having a great day, great football weekend with his Ohio State Buckeyes falling to Michigan. But he came on Monday and was, for the most part, professional and did the show with Max, and it was all good. 97.1, the fan in Columbus, they have a show called The Common Man, hosted by Mike Riccardardi and Jonathan T-Bone Smith. And on Monday's show, they were lamenting about the Ohio State-Michigan game and ranted for so long that they missed their commercial breaks to the point where management walked into the studio and confronted them on air. Don't blame them. It was rather ugly. So they were they were down bad, as the kids would say. Thanks for working in the... Uh the youngsters' uh, vocabulary into the program You're this welcome. morning. We appreciate that. And before somebody comes in here and tells us to take a break, we're going to take a break. Yes. We, fo- we follow through. We execute, well, for the most part. Uh, Connor McGahee, radio voice of the Avalanche, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Stay by the radio. You are listening to the Jim Davis Show on the Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Talking Avalanche Hockey with the voice of the Avs, Connor McGahee, on the team. Well, it's right now, Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, radio voice of the Avalanche, Connor McGahee. Connor, good morning. How are you? Fine, Jimmy. How are you? I'm doing well, Jimmy. Uh, well, I didn't, uh, how great of a Thanksgiving you had, because you were telling us you're always busy, you're traveling, things like that. But did you enjoy any kind of holiday festivities? Um, I mean, we went out to dinner in Minneapolis on Thursday night. Um, small group of us of the of the traveling party had a nice nice meal. So uh, yeah, it was uh, with uh, part of the the work family, I guess is 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 what we had because we uh, we play Friday, come back and play Saturday. Have the Broncos at home versus the Browns on Sunday, and then the Avs play the Lightning on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> you had a busy weekend, yeah, doing the, yeah, doing the PA for the Broncos, yeah. and then, of course, Monday with the the rematch with the Lightning from the Stanley Cup final, and uh, for everybody that was, uh, you know, hand-wringing and, oh, uh, this Avalanche team's got, got some problems this year. Things have not come together the way they were supposed to. That might have been true for a little bit, but... Things change, and boy, the Avalanche special teams have been truly special. Brian Johansson scores two goals. Georgie's great in that 4-1 victory against the Lightning at Ball Arena on Monday. It was uh, uh, another impressive effort for the Avalanche who have uh, been able to uh, win seven out of their last eight. Power play goal in all uh, eight games, by the way. Yeah, and and probably should have been eight out of eight. It, uh, the Nashville game is the, the outlier there, but still... It, 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 if you give me some of the best NHL teams of all time, you tell me in a span of eight games you win seven of them, yes. Absolutely, I am in, and that is that is sort of the mark of where the Avalanche are. I mean, as much as we've talked about it, they were seven and three in their first ten games, uh, eight and three in their last 11, so that's that's consistency for you. And that's what the coaching staff want, and that, that's what gets you uh, into a solid playoff position uh, come april so yeah i mean the the everything has been trending better you give up uh just four goals total in your last three games and 
And uh, that is a, a far cry from where we were a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, th- things are definitely better. And, and holding that lightning power play to no goals uh, after they scored four power play goals and five opportunities versus Carolina back on Friday uh, is a big, big accomplishment. So, uh, Abs eight and two on home ice as well. One of the best home teams in the NHL. So, yeah, we're uh, we're in a good spot right now. And I think after that loss to Nashville, where they gave up the two very late goals to to lose to the the Predators, that the Jared Bednar didn't didn't say a lot to the guys. There wasn't a, any big speech afterward about it. He thought for the most part they played pretty well on the road, yeah. with the exception that last you know sixty to thirty seconds of that game. Uh, against Nashville, and I like what Nathan McKinnon said. He goes, I think when, when bad teams stay bad, it's because they dwell on things. You know, sometimes because mm-hmm. they're just not very yeah. talented, but I think sometimes if you have talent, but things aren't going right, and you start focusing on, okay, why, you know, why is the power play not clicking, and, and you know, you start focusing on things. I think Nate's right about that. I, I, I think that when you teams do that, they start to, it's paralysis by analysis kind of thing, Would you, and I think yeah. he's right about that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and, and we we joke about it all the time, but Ted Lasso's right. You got to be a goldfish, you know, and uh, and have a, a very short memory um, about the bad stuff in particular. Um, <clears throat> it's good to remember your your good habits and to cultivate those good habits, which grow into to winning streaks of seven of eight and eight of nine and nine of ten, and that puts you in in the driver's seat that you want to be in. So. Um, it's a it's a difference learning from your mistakes and lingering on them and i i think that the avalanche have been in enough situations over the years if you go back to maybe the, the vegas series in the second round uh if if maybe dallas in the second round uh, a year before that you you learn to handle losses differently and you learn to learn instead of learning to dwell, and that's what makes good teams great. And I, and I think part of this turnaround, too, has been the second line. Tatar, Johansson, of course, yep. had the two goals the other night. Druin, that they played much better together. They're starting to, to, to figure some things out, and that's been a big part of this, this better play for the Avalanche. Sure, yeah. Tatar doesn't have any goals yet, but, I mean, he's got eight helpers, and Jonathan Druin has more goals already this season than he did all of last year. So, uh <laughs> And Ryan Johansson is uh, he's, uh, making his bid for the, for the Cy Young. He's got nine goals and one assist. So, um, yeah, I mean, that uh, you need your second line to produce always. And depth has really shown up for this team. And, again, it goes back to what we ha- have talked about over the past calendar year and beyond is that for the Avalanche really uh, a deep team after they've won the Cup. And, the answer has turned back to yes, absolutely, because you're getting production from all four lines. And in in a circumstance where you don't have one of your top forwards in Arturi Lekkanen, the Avalanche has filled in great defensively and offensively. So that second line is a big key to that, um, with Johansson leading the charge. And, and frankly, Jonathan Druan showing um, his comfort level increasing uh, a whole lot over the past probably four or five games and and that helps a ton as well we're talking with a voice of the avalanche connor mcgahee on the jim davis show connor jared bednar gave an update recently and said that gabriel landeskog who's still not going to play for the rest of the year but he will be it sounds like he will be with the team coming up here in the month of december 
What's kind of your gauge from that, and what do you think that's going to kind of look like, Gabe Landeskog not being on the ice but still kind of being with the team here going forward this season? Well, I, I know Gabe wants to walk that fine line of, hey, look, I, I want to leave <clears throat> a lot of the, the the leadership things to guys who are actually playing. And he doesn't have uh, the pride to, to say that, okay, well, I'm the only one who can lead this hockey team, uh, which is what makes him a great captain, frankly. Um, now, it, it, towards the end of last year, uh, we had a long trip to California. We played the Sharks twice with a day off in between at L.A., at Anaheim. Gabe came along on the trip. Josh Manson came along on the trip. Um, knowing that they could, at that point, skate and, and train a little bit, but they weren't going to play. But the, the main mission of that was to have some camaraderie and, and get everybody together. And I, I think that can go a long way. And even though he's not out on the ice, to have him just around it is a good thing because he has this uncanny ability to keep it light at the same time as as he can give you life advice so um if he's around the team that that's that's nothing but a positive but i think the group has learned the balance of okay well we're not expecting him to come back we know that now um at least for the regular season so we can we can proceed with business as usual but it's just a a nice surprise and a nice treat uh, to have 92 around the locker room. Avalanche Radio Voice, Connor McGahey with us today on the Team Sports Network. And I think part of this recent turnaround as well, another area we need to talk about has been the play of Alexander Georgiev with the 37 saves the other night against uh, Tampa Bay, Connor. And kind of like a lot of areas, when the Avs were in that uh, bit of a, you know, off in the ditch a little bit, uh, he was part of that. But uh, over the last seven games, uh, 6-1-0, uh, 0.918 uh, save percentage. What's been the difference for Georgie as of late in, in this recent kind of uh, turnaround, seeing more of the Alexander Georgiev that we saw from last season? I mean, a couple of small, you know, detailed things of, as far as rebounds and being able to make the big save. I mean, there was a couple of times where Jared Benar says, well, we would have liked to have had uh, that one from our goaltender because a big save can go a long way. Um, in 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 the term of a of a period of a couple of shifts and and they weren't really getting the big save. I think the big overall reason is that the team is better defensively in front, and that's always a symbiotic relationship. Good goaltending flourishes from better defending in front, and and vice versa. You know, when your goaltender is playing good, everyone's not trying to play goalie, right? So if you're able to actually keep your defensive structure because you know the puck is going to get stopped behind and then that leads to blocking shots and getting sticks in passing lanes and being able to clear out rebounds so it's funny how how much they they go together so the team plays better defensively the goaltender plays better and and then the team benefits from that big save before so i think they've started to get both of those things really over the past uh, again seven games which is why they've won seven of eight. And that's why they lead the Central Division right now over Dallas and Winnipeg. Uh, of course, uh, the Avs at Arizona tomorrow night for that one. Before we let you go, though, Connor, we got to ask you very quickly a... Pop quiz, hot shot. All right, a little, little pop quiz for you today. We're talking about okay. bad, bad band names because our buddy uh, uh, Buckeye oh boy. boy went to see Exodus last night, which is not a terrible <laughs> name, but 
it made us start thinking about bad band names. Do you have a okay. bad band name that uh, immediately comes to mind for you? Foghead. Yeah, what is that exactly? What is a fog? Well, I don't know. I just wonder, like, hey guys, you know, love to love to jam with you guys. Really good time. But we do need a band name. Like, anyone have any ideas? Uh, I don't know. Fog hat. Oh, All right, great. Sounds good. Hat. Let's go with that one. Like, Looks- where does that come from? No, I'll, I'll have to look that up because I've I've wondered that for a long time. I have no idea what that means. What a horrible band name. Fog hat. <laughs> they played here uh, in our little uh, neck of the woods. What two, three years ago? I think. Something like that? I, sure. I, I know they played here. I did not see them. So there we go. Oh, yeah. But that's the first one that comes to mind. That's, uh, that's, yeah. Not great. I have to admit. That, that's a bad yeah. one, man. Well, yeah. I, I was in a band once upon a time called the Alcatraz Swim Team. So that's, uh, I think that's a little bit better. So I like that name. That's good. Yeah. That's, that's solid. Hey, what What'd you, what'd you play in there? What'd you play in that band? Um, saxophone, violin, and drums. We sort of had a, we, depending on the song, we switched around, and it was it was a good time. It was fun. The multi-talented man that you are, I'm not the least bit oh, surprised. Shucks. Connor, oh, shucks. take Gee it easy, way. man. Take Have a good rest of your day, Connor. You too, boys. See you. All right, see you. All right, Connor McGahee, multi-talented. Maybe he'll win a Grammy someday. He'll win a Grammy before you win an Oscar, by the way cake. There you go. Well deserved. Uh, Hour three coming up next on the Jim Davis show.